Good morning and welcome to your partner in success radio. This is where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and your professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together with my truly amazing and often astonishing guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights to take your life and your business to the next level. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must listen. So whether you're tuning in for entrepreneurial tips, career advice, or personal development strategies, get ready to turn inspiration into action, challenges into triumphs, and dreams into reality. And on today's show, we are exploring transcendent leadership, a quest for workplace transformation with my guest Satyan Raja. And Satyan is a renowned mentor and coach to some of the world's foremost CEOs, business leaders, and global influencers. And as the founder of Warrior Sage Trainings, he has built a global community of spiritual seekers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders committed to creating a positive impact in the world. So in this podcast, we're we're going to have a good time because I talked with him before. We had a pre-interview. Honestly, we could have just recorded that one and called it good. It was fascinating. So we are going to be delving into a very dynamic discussion as he unpacks a wealth of insights from practical steps to, excuse me, I'm stuttering, from practical steps to enhance workplace performance by addressing emotional baggage to the crucial importance of leading with empathy and nurturing employees yeah, you know, their well-being is important, and there's a lot of mental challenges, emotional challenges. He's going to address that. So welcome to your partner in Success Radio, Satyan. It's good to have you here. Denise, always a pleasure. Our last connection was wonderful. Looking forward to sharing with you today. I can't wait because, I mean, we're talking, listen, I don't know, I do know you know this, the globe the entire globe it's not just here it's not just money it's not just you know oh blah 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 the entire globe seems to be operating right now under just a a sense of low level sense of dread and we need to fix that you know people need to learn how to operate they need to learn how to focus they need to learn how to be better people so this is where you're coming in. But before I, I pepper you with questions, and I will, could you share a bit about yourself and the wonderful ways that you navigate through the world? Certainly, Denise. So I'm the founder of various companies, all in the realm of positive impact. I've been a serial entrepreneur since a teenager. My parents are all business leaders coming back generations. And they're also Gandhians, meaning that they value the philosophy of social service and you know, uplifting of the whole. And so that's my background. I've been immersed in different forms of study, not only entrepreneurship, that's been obviously the backbone of my uh, professional growth, but behind the scenes, my deep interest has been in the realm of warriorship, uh, so martial arts and studying the ways of the ancient warriors and their philosophies and how we can apply them to everyday life has been very cornerstone to my life as well as the realms of tantra or sacred relationship how can we cultivate relationships with our spouses our partners our families the greater whole in a way that's conducive to evolution that awakens our deepest potentials um, another realm of interest for me has been shamanism and so i work with plant medicines and ayahuasca and different types of wisdom evoking um, indigenous traditions that bring leaders into greater depths of being. 
and self-realization and being able to create the realities that are aligned with their soul. So that's been my focus for 40 years now. I've had the blessing to work with many great leaders around the world uh, on various projects from within their teams, as well as being able to you know, craft companies that are in multi-billion dollar ranges that are creating huge impact on the planet. So that's been a bit of my background. A bit. That's we Okay, we're good. We're all done now. <laughs> the audience knows exactly what they need to know about you, but I find everything that you're talking about fascinating. You know, it's a lot of people, and I, listen, I've been guilty of this myself, will jump out of bed, the devil says, oh crap, she's awake, and off they go without really thinking. They've got plans, they've got lists, been there, done it. Yeah, I've got to do this, I'm going to go do blah, 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 blah without really looking inward. And I think that's where we make big mistakes. Well, you know, Denise, you know, at the beginning, you brought up the world condition, a low grade type of dread that's in the background. Yeah. And I felt this, I traveled the world. I've been recently through Europe and I'm going to go to the Middle East soon. And it's true, this whole COVID, as well as all the economic instabilities, all of the wars, and then add on probably a hundred other existential risk <laughs> tensions within ourselves. We're operating with all of that going on as a humanity, as leaders, we're operating on top of it. I truly believe that in these times of challenge, you know, these times of psychological widespread challenge and, and tension and internal turmoil and conflict and, and restlessness, if you will. Yes. That, that, <clears throat> Leadership is where we need to grow. It's the leaders in the world. It's the leader within ourselves that we need to cultivate, stoke, awaken, to navigate through this type of time into a time of prosperity, into a creation of a new reality that we want to have together. But to do that, we got to sit on the fire of our own transformation. we got to take this time, this unease that's deep within our being that we feel in the collective and and sink into it and use that as a source to awaken our true leadership capacity now more than ever before listen i cannot disagree with anything that you just said and you know i was i woke up this morning uneasy i'm not sure why i'm never sure why that happens but it's an itch underneath my skin today for some reason and i've got a ton of work to do and then I realized that I was talking with you today and that you're going to ease my soul. I can feel it. And honestly, I'm taking, I'm doing what I need to do between now and noon. And I'm taking the rest of the day to just sit and contemplate my navel, if that's what it takes. I need to go inside and find out what's bugging me and figure out what to do about it or just live with it for a little bit and then, you know, move on. But I'm taking the rest of the day off after we chat. That's beautiful, Denise. And you know, I'm actually going to be doing the same today. <laughs> Taking the, the same today. So we'll enjoy that. But you know, the principle behind this, there's an ancient esoteric you know, wisdom from the from the East, actually anywhere, that says when we are pushing and driving and really in, in a state of excess for a period of time, sometimes we need to put the gas to the pedal for sure. Sometimes we need to pull up the boots and really get focused. Yet, if we do that for a long period of time, 
then we'll get burned out psychologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. We're going to get burned out. And even if we don't get burned out, we could be operating below or before burnout and just doing whatever we can to prop ourselves up forward. But this principle is called relaxing importance. We can do all the external relaxation techniques. Let me take time off. Let me focus on this. Let me see if I can book in a vacation. These are external ways that are not really facing the disruption within our being. What we really need to do is find out what have we made so important in our lives that we're willing to dedicate stress, create constant stress, struggle, overwhelm patterns to fulfill this neurotic need. So the ancient wisdom... And it is neurotic. And I catch myself doing some things like, okay, I've been trying to do this forever. I'm going to do this. You're going to laugh at me. But when I get in the shower, that's when I get my God winks. I get my downloads from whoever, wherever. And I take my showers hot enough to steam cabbage. So I get relaxed very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) But when I'm in there, I have learned to take bathtub crayons in the shower with me because the wisdom that just downloads when I'm in there, not thinking about anything else is incredible. And I will realize I did that this morning before I jumped on with you. I took the hottest shower I could stand. I'm going to have to go in there after the, the, fog clears in there and take pictures of the walls but part of it was about you what you know what do I need to hear from you because I need to relax and I know that I got that this morning I'm worn out exactly the way we need to find out where we need to relax is take a look at what have we made so important that we could turn the dial down on exactly We can think of a hundred things that we can be stressed about. And yes, there's validity. There could be reasons that we need to put our attention on there. But if we really examine ourselves honestly, there's probably excess attention, excess importance, excess desire that's on that topic, that outcome. When we relinquish, start to turn that dial down and say, okay, I'm going to breathe some good energy. I'm going to release the grip of control on what I think needs to happen right now. Powerful force emerges within. A powerful sanctuary of being emerges within. A powerful lightness of being emerges. And and interestingly enough, synchronicities start to dial in when we're in a deeper place of ease. The, the, The Chinese masters call this the yin side. When we open to more of this yin, we don't have to be so yang and forceful. The yin takes us to where we need to go, and the yang helps us round it off, but we don't need to push all the way through. Basically, what you're saying is get out of your own way. Exactly. Loosen the grip of control so that the force of the universe can support you more than you're letting it. (laughs) More than you're letting it. Let it allow you to serve you. Well, I realized this morning, and I wrote this on my shower, (laughs) I probably should take a picture of it and and send it to you, but I wrote in there that I'm my own bottleneck recently, and it's driving me batty, and I know I'm doing it. (laughs) Well, I commend you for being down south honest with that, because that's the thing that we need to do right now, the hallmark of transcendent leadership is getting down and dirty with where our contractions are. 
of course we need to bolster ourselves up and talk about where we're strong and and sure. and, and, and edify ourselves and, and 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 all of that but we also need to be honest enough to look at what are our recurring patterns am i being more successful at work but i'm ruining my relationship or am i going from one place to the other with my head chopped off am i putting out a one face over here and another face over here not living from my deepest presence and authenticity we got to get a little forensic with ourselves in an honest way especially now at the beginning of the year and and to reassess what are my true dreams what is my soul here to release to live to fulfill i think that's a valuable piece right now during this time it is and you know one of the things that i wanted to talk with you about is and you've already kind of touched on it is self-discovery for professional and personal growth. And listen, I'm not one of those people who buys into the work-life balance. How can you split yourself like that? It's all, to me, it's all one thing. You know, I, I love that. I, I'm of the same philosophy. It's just living life. It's just living life. You know, there's equilibrium, I think, is valuable. In my earlier years, as a very focused businessman and leader with strong yang energy. I mean, I just went out there strong and I, I created great success in the world. But un, unknown to me, unknown because of my ego, I wasn't taking care of my own backyard. I wasn't taking care of my family, my wife. I was a rock star to the world, but I was just not present. And that cost me. It cost me a lot of connection and, and time that I never get back. Now, luckily, my family and I, we've come to a place now in my life where I can spend lots of time with them. And we just had a beautiful Christmas gathering with our whole family. But I didn't have those, even though my heart had that value, my ambition overrode my heart. So when we have anything that overrides our, our soul's awareness, our heart's knowingness, and loyalty to our heart's inner being, whenever we override it with any external reason, rationale or value above that we always end up suffering we always end up back at the beginning line starting over again emotionally spiritually so it's important to take into account the heart what's the soul want i agree with you and that leads me to my next question how can people proactively and you have to be proactive you have to identify that you've got emotional baggage you've got some irritations you're and this is something that bothers me a lot. What are you tolerating? Whatever it is, knock it off. If it's not helping you, get rid of it. But how do people sit down on a regular basis? And I think it does have to be regular and identify and address the things that are really being, you know, they're bottlenecking them. You know, in the CEO circle that I mentor, I have a dojo that I mentor. Dojo means a place where we come to constantly practice on physical, mental, emotional, spiritual development. That's the philosophy of the martial art dojo. And I have a CEO dojo, an executive dojo I've been leading now for over 10 years. And this is part of our foundational philosophy, is that every week we need to have an overview of our wins, our insights, and our learnings to really review what are our wins, our insights and our learnings from the week. And where are my biggest contractures, challenges? Where did I have my ego flare up? Where did I look at people 
and look as as objects and and transactional rather than humans and being contact you know and when we get really down and dirty but look at it every single week where are my strengths and where did i close down and where we close down is where we have reactivity and that's how we can tell you know one of the main things write down where are you getting constantly reactive is it politics is it your neighbor is it people at work there tends to be a cycle or repetitive cycle of things that we get charged around that's you know, what you got to get it yeah it's me i irritate myself more than anybody else does because my expectations and i finally worked this out my expectations of myself are kind of ridiculous so i get in my way <laughs> Well, you know, our expectations. I wrote that on the shower too. (laughs) You know, our expectations of ourselves has a light side because that could be the fire that takes us beyond our apathy and gets us to push beyond any fears or ego or resistances. And it also has a shadow side. It can make us push and, and, and make ourselves into being something that we're not. I think it's really important is is to have this i call it take a look at our i call it the path of the equilibrium or the or the freedom so when i'm working with myself i look at every week where's the state of my faith i'm going to invite everyone to do that my faith in myself my faith in the people around me my faith in the higher power my faith in 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 spirit where am i with that faith family what's the state of relationship in my family and the and, and the dynamics around me. They family finance. What's the state of inner health? Not just outer health. How do I feel about right. the flow of money in my being? We need to start having more indicators. Faith, family, finance, fitness. What's the state of my vitality today? And then what's the state of my fun? You know, am I enjoying the path of life or am I just focused on something in the future that when I attain, then I'll be happy? That's bullshit. And so <laughs> we need I, I was writing, Dan, I was writing faith, family, fitness, fun. And then you said that and I just lost it. So keep right. going. Yeah. So it's faith, family, finance, fitness, and fun. And I call those the five freedoms. And they were taught to me by one of my business mentors, Kevin Nations. And it's a very simple wheel of life, but it's a great way of just checking in on the most valuable things that make our life feel fulfilled. And that's the key to be a transcendent leader. Our job is to fulfill our lives and to support those around us to fulfill their lives, not just to attain goals, but to find and foster and maintain the highest fulfillment of being. Why, what, what else is there to, re, to live for? Everything else, external stuff all falls away. Well, you lose it. You die. It's gone. Somebody's at your house stripping it. I mean, that's just, you know, that old saying, you can't take it with you, but you can take your reputation with you. Exactly. And the service that you leave behind is the biggest reputation. And you don't even know much of the impact you're making on the planet. That's the silent power of the warrior sage within us. We act to uplift without the need for kudos or acknowledgement. Well, and if you, and I love the Stoics, you know, I'm constantly reading Stoics. I'm looking at quotes by them. They make a lot of sense to me. And I have always 
chosen. Um, yes, I'm looking forward. Yes, I'm, you know, constantly learning to grow and focus and be a better person. But history fascinates me, absolutely fascinates me. And you can learn so much by looking behind at what other people have left and didn't know what they were leaving behind. Like you just said, they didn't have a clue. They were just doing their absolute best. And it's still with us from, min you know, Napoleon Hill, Dr. Napoleon Hill, his book, I think was written a hundred years ago, maybe still read. You know, one of the things that has really inspired my life is seeking out mentors, guides who have walked the path ahead of me and surrendering to their wisdom. Like not just reading their books or going online or, or watching, but actually aiming to go right in front of them and find them where they are, see them in their activities, find a way to be of service to them to be of value to them and learn as much as I can from their intellect as well as their way of being, their way of life, and the subtle nuances of their transmission, the way they live, which you can't get in books. You can only get through the interaction. That's been my passion all my life. I've had the blessing of meeting hundreds, if not thousands of masters in all fields. And I believe if we foster this this within us as leaders more so now than ever before to say you know what i have attained what i've attained i'm going to take inventory of what i've done i'm going to pack myself in the on my back but is there anything in my soul that's stirring for a greater evolution deeper than i've ever gone before it's time to pick up our courage and go into the abyss of the unknown which is always the inner terrain of being it's never usually the outer terrain. And that's my challenge and my invitation to all of us and myself this year. Good for you. And I mean, you're speaking my language. I mean, I ended the, the year well, but I, I was still not satisfied because, as I said, I'm ridiculous when it comes to my own. <laughs> I can do this. I can do that. I, I'm just so smart. I can do it all. No, I can't. And I finally figured out that I shouldn't do it all on my own, that I do need guides. I do need mentors. I do need business. I just, you know, got with a new business coach yesterday. It was time. But going deep inside, I think, is what many people, not all people, obviously, but many people, oh, I'll, go do that. I'll do that on Sunday. Yeah, I'll do that later. Do it now. Do it now. Going inside is where we're in every moment. <laughs> there's an inside within and there's an outside. So there's an inner terrain within our being, our thoughts, our emotions, our body sensations, our, our imaginings, our remembrances of the past, our desires, dreams, fears, anticipations of the future. This is all the inner terrain, our inner territory. It's on all day long, and the subconscious element of our inner terrain is what's controlling much of our actions and our way of being and our destiny. And the yeah. external world is all that we see, taste, touch, and experience outside of ourselves. Yet, we are the master, truly, when we wake up, we'll realize that we're the one generating the internal world and the external world, and that we are this sacred center that's in the center of all of that that's the mastery of creation 
The creator is us within ourselves. That's in between the inner and outer world. And that's what we got to wake up to. When we wake up to that deeper, it's magic, pure magic. It is. And it's come to my attention recently. I think I always knew this, but we're all proud of our IQ. We're proud of our brains. We're, We're proud of our empathy and we should be. But I have come to find out that I don't think with my brain. I think with my heart. Yes. You know what you mentioned? I know that. (laughs) It took me the longest kind of time to figure that out. Well, it's obvious to me (laughs) in your sharing where you come from. You speak so richly from your center, from from your soul, your heart. And a lot of us have been divorced to that. Or we feel separate or disconnected to that on some level. And one of the remedies to this is every day to put your hand, one hand on your heart, one hand on your forehead, and just take a moment and feel what's the state when you're making a decision. Put your hand on your heart. How does it feel? The heart, the intuition speaks not through words, but through the language of comfort. Is there greater comfort and ease when you think about moving down that direction or making that choice? Or is there greater contraction, fear unknown? That's the voice of the heart, of the soul, of our inner intuition. We got to listen to it. But we also have to listen to the mind. The mind is also valuable, but we can't just stay in the cognitive rational. We need to take both wisdom centers, our intuitive gut, heart, mind, soul, as well as our cognitive, rational intelligence, and combine the wisdoms. If the mind says yes and the gut says no, don't go. Exactly. If the gut says go and the mind says no, then hold on. Do greater calculations. When the mind is on, the soul is on, then you can't go wrong. Everything will be perfectly aligned for you. And I do that. I do when I'm looking at something or I'm nervous about something that is coming up or I'm not sure what path I need to take. I will, I actually go outside to do this. I won't stay in my chair because I'm a web developer. I'm always in front of code. I've got this giant monitor that looks like a TV wandered through and landed on my desk. It's huge, but I will go outside no matter the weather. And I get underneath my pecan trees. I take my shoes off and I center myself and I touch my heart or I touch, you know, my chest where I think my heart might be. I've been told I don't have one, but that's not true. But that's when I have, I just go quiet and I ask the questions. And sooner or later, I'm going to get a download from it. And you talk about, you know, getting the subconscious. This is another trick I've done forever. If something is really bothering me or I don't have an answer for it, it's bothering me at the back of my head. You know, it's not, Oh my God, what am I going to do? But it's there and I don't have an answer. So, and I don't sleep well. Just everybody who knows me knows I don't sleep well. I sleep in, you know, cat naps. I take little bits here, little bits there. I've never slept all night. If I do that, I'm dying. So grab me, take me to the hospital. But I'm up and down all night light, all night long. But before I know that I'm actually going to fall asleep for the first time, I will say out loud because I say my prayers out loud. I talk to myself out loud because when you're speaking, you don't have, you're not on this thought highway. When you're speaking, you have to concentrate on what you're saying. So I do that. I do it all out loud and I'll tell myself conscious, listen, this is what my, my question is. 
I'm not joking about this. And it may be one o'clock in the morning before I go to sleep. 318, every single morning, I have an answer. And I write it down. Never fails me. Well, at that time. Say it again. You said at 318, you get your answer. Did I lose you? I think I lost you there. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I, I thought I answered it, but yes, at 3.18 every single morning. Wow. See how beautiful that is. That's a, that's an expression of your alignment with your inner self and your inner wisdom. You checking in and calling upon your inner wisdom to create an answer for you, to call upon an answer without your logical mind. How beautiful and this is a foundation. We're all capable of this. And, yeah. you know, you know, what's amazing is, is, you know, I've taught these type of intuitive awareness processes and methods to founders, you know, many of the founder CEOs I work with who would have never come from that realm, who, you know, who are very strong in the cognitive, very strong in the entrepreneurial mindset, but didn't tune into their intuition or they weren't as conscious of it. The, the moment that they learned how to do it, I mean, their, their companies just start to boom. Their personal lives start to boom. It's like they got a navigation system that's come online that was atrophied for all these years. And they're like, oh, my goodness, now things are moving at a speed that's way faster. But at the same time, there's a lack of stress, struggle, and overwhelm because we're taking the path of least resistance and maximum potential, maximum impact, potency. That happens when our intuition, our soul, and our mind are both on gear online. Empathy. I mean, empathy is so critical. Well, to me, empathy is love. <laughs> mm. It's the it's the base of relating. I mean, we use these extrapolated corporate words like empathy and all that, but at the end of the day. It's about having basic human care. How good does it feel when we're cared for by those around us? How good does it feel when we're cared for by those that don't know us that well? That could be in our organization or team or bosses or people subordinates to us. And they show an act of care and they express it without transactional value. That is deeply uplifting of the human spirit. And so empathy to me is the willingness to feel into the hearts, into the lives. What makes the people around us tick? What makes our fellow comrades in our organizations tick? What do they truly want? What's the human in them? What's their goals, dreams, aspirations? Who do they love? To me, when we get truly heart curious about that, ask about that and support others' hearts and their souls, then that's empathy. And that's what we true. that's the, that's the base of good living anywhere in the world. Now it's big in the business world right now because the business world is starting to tap into and light up and waken up to the fact we got to come back to our true full human nature to have full, successful, thriving, long-term businesses. Right. It used to be that, you know, you had the coroner office and I'm just making this up as I go, but it's an observation of sorts. 
that you have the corner office, you keep the door closed and you just tell people, do what you're told and nobody gets hurt. That doesn't work. Never did work, but it really doesn't work now. It cannot work moving forward. The nature of the state of today's teams, employees, high performers, they don't stand for the status quo anymore. There's too many choices of innovative life forwarding companies that are embracing these principles I'm sharing of transcendent leadership. And they're going to be with those teams. And the ones that are not embracing the full dimension of the human are dinosaurs. They're already are dinosaurs and they're going to find their way to extinction. And those are on the path of really evoking the human dynamic within the organizations. They're on the path of greater success. It's obvious. It's natural. The world is showing us right now that care of each other is the path of multidimensional, full spectrum fulfillment. We can't have it just isolated through just dollars and cents and shareholder values and numbers. states are all. No, it's got to be beyond numbers. It's got to be beings. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, and I can just hear people saying, well, yeah, but my dad does that and it works okay. He's probably going to retire pretty soon. But my question for you is, they don't have to be like this all the time. They can say, listen, I need to grow with my employees, I don't need to, you know, do what I've always done because it always worked. This can be taught, can't it? Yes, it can be taught. It can be learned. It's actually quite simple to create a thriving company based on transcendent principles and, and culture. And it's actually the easiest thing in the world to do because what I'm sharing about is the essence of how humans live. The essence of our human dynamic is, is coming from enlightened power, not egoic power. It's coming from true heart, not closure and being separate from people, but true human heart connection. It's coming from tapping into going for true freedom, not the illusionary egoic freedoms, but what is our true freedom? It comes from tapping into our deepest natural flow state, which is our feminine energy. And it comes from tapping into the innate wisdom within our beings and within our teams and our communities. And I call that the transcendent leadership and transcendent culture. These are laid out deeply in my two books, Transcendent CEO and Transcendent Culture, where I share exact step-by-steps how to implement this into your own small organization, medium-sized, or you know, multinational organization, it doesn't matter. The principles are universal. Evoke the human spirit and dynamic, watch your company grow. And let's talk about curiosity, because that's not something that's bandied about much, I don't think. But if you have emotional support or you want to supply emotional support, you need to have some curiosity about yourself, about the people around you. And I don't mean poke at them and say, hey, you know, as we say in the South, how's your mom and them? Don't ask me that. I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> but it's curiosity about everything to me is, I don't know if it's lacking or if people just don't share that they're curious. You know, they're curious about the Stoics. They're curious about you. They're curious about why in the heck I do this podcast. They're curious about why their cat is, you know, staring outside and looking at nothing. Curiosity to me is something that we need and we need to address it. I love that, Denise, what you said. You know, there's curiosity 
from the mind. They don't want to understand that. And then there's curiosity from the heart. I want to know who they are. Right. And so when our curiosity is sourced in, I really want to know who Denise is. And not just, hey, I want to know what you do, how you might be able to serve me, you know, what potential business connections we might have. That's curiosity from transactional mind. But when I get curious from my heart, what makes you tick? What do you really love? What are you not into? What moves your heart? I believe I love that when people get heart curious about who I am, not just about my pedigree or my acumen, but when they get curious about me, who I am as a human, as a man, as, as a vulnerable person, you know, um, from their heart, I open wide up. And I believe that's one of the secrets of leadership is curiosity from the heart. And that makes perfect sense to me. Listen, I identify myself as a highly committed introvert. That doesn't mean that I'm shy and I don't really have much in the way of filters. I think you figured that out. But I do need to be left alone 90% of the time. I'm not, I can be around people for about 59 and three quarter minutes unless they're fascinating. Then I can be there all day. <laughs> but, you know, just, <laughs> You know, if it's just, you know, you know, how's this? Oh, that, you know, groceries are going up. And if it's just chit chat, I can't stay. It wears me out. And I'm, I, I'm always in my own head, which is a fascinating place, believe it or not. But that doesn't mean that if I find you fascinating, I'm not going to go tell me more. I need to know more. Exactly. You know, I, I love what you just shared. I love what you shared, you know. I think it's your curiosity. Look at what it does to your voice and your demeanor. It pulls it. It pulls me and I'm sure all your guests out to reveal deeper truths and understandings and expressions that most people wouldn't even be able to express or or be asked in an interview. But because of who you're being, now could you imagine if we all did that a little bit more today, as leaders, as business leaders, and we got truly heart curious. And recognize everyone's different. You like to have a lot of space. I'm less. My wife is very much like you. You know, she has short periods of deep, intense immersion with people and then lots of spaciousness. I'm the opposite. I can go days on straight with high-level connections back to back to back, team meetings, big conferences. But then I need a little bit of rest. But I totally disengage and I take it. I totally go into what I call extreme laziness. <laughs> That's what I'm doing today. I think we're both going to do that today. And I already had the conversation with myself before we got on the line. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I need downtime. This type of rejuvenation period. There you go. Is, we call it, we, 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 it's active rejuvenation. I'm a martial artist. We have active recovery after we've trained really hard. We have to be active, conscientious. Okay, this time, this weekend, I'm going to rest. I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to feed myself good thoughts, good food. I'm going to get massage. I'm going to go for a sauna, hot tub. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to go for a walk in nature. Active recovery is one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves as leaders and we can bestow and make available to those that are within our teams. 
It's not just the gas pedal. It's taking the gas pedal off and allowing the coast to happen, to allow wisdom, to allow alignment, to allow deeper knowingness, Creativity. our own natural humanness to come up. Right. When you calm down and you take a break, all of a sudden, this is what happens in my head, my heart. What happens is, you know, I'm taking a break. I'm, I love to read. I will read the back of cereal boxes. And I hate cereal, but I'll read the back of a cereal box if that's the only thing in front of me. But when when I have to stop and think, you know, my brain will start churning. No, 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 no. And I find something to hear audible or and I don't. You know, I don't read a lot of fiction, but and I never listen to fiction. I want to hear history. I want to hear, you know, people like you. You know, I want to listen and immerse myself, and I want to read and immerse myself. To me, that is comforting. But once I get a little bit tired of just eh, not doing anything, I'll feel my creativity knocking at the back of my head going, Denise, I got an idea. Darn it. And off I go. But it works. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, this is, you know, you got to check out to check in. Yes, you do. <laughs> and then it's you'll not have easy the strength. When you and have then the you'll brain. have the strength. Right. So, you know, you know, we're advocating the other side, the yin side a lot today. You know, there'll be other times we can have a discussion on how to get on board, how to be laser-like, how to have indomitable spirit. And there's times to have all of that. And I think those virtues, those values, those strengths are, are absolutely imperative too. But we're emphasizing you and I, this other yin side for good measure, for good reason, because that's the part that is out of balance. And when we get out of way to balance, then we feel the effects of it. So let's realign ourselves, shall we? Let's bring ourselves into a greater equilibrium so that we actually attain more with less struggle in a state of ease. But to do that, you have to be willing to let go of the egoic attachment to struggle. And that, that's the toughest part. Struggle is effort laced with negative emotion. We've got to let go of our addiction to struggle. Well, now, now I'm, I'm surprised because I like my addiction to struggle. <laughs> I was like, well, darn it. Listen, I want you to come back if you would, maybe, you know, a couple, three months and we can talk about the other side of this. That'd be a joy. Okay, good. You know, you when, said I, when did I, was... it, I did it on the radio, so you can't tell me no. So it was very tricky. Done, done, done. You got me. Um. One of my teachers, he was, a, he was a metaphysical master. He was like a Dr. Strange. And he would watch me. I was running my martial arts school in my 20s. I was running a martial arts school, very thriving, hundreds of students, and very intense type of training, Shaolin Kung Fu, very, very life and death, very intense. And he started laughing with me. I'd go meet with him for dinner. And every time, he'd, you know, I would be very stoic wearing my martial art kung fu uniform. And he would just go, boy, you really have an addiction to struggle. And it would piss me off. I would get, what are you talking about? He goes, look at you. You're making a virtue out of pain. You're making a virtue out of suffering. You're making yourself feel like a man because you're overdoing it. He goes, 
you've put on so many egoic check marks thinking struggle is noble and it's actually killing yourself and it's repelling people. And he said, and it just hit me like a rock. I just went, oh my goodness, I have made struggle noble. And because that's the major imprint in society that struggle is noble. What if we were to remove ourselves from struggle being a noble thing and realize that we can actually attain what we want without struggle. Are you ready for that? If you are, that's the path of transcendent leadership. It's available to us today, but it requires we relinquish, or at least desire to relinquish all the pain that comes with struggle. Well, and we get hooked on it. We do. You know, I'm listening to you going, been there, done that, doing it again. It's a habit. And I think it's kind of, you know, delivered in our mom's milk. I mean, it just shows up. It raises our cortisol, our stress levels when we're in a struggle uh -huh. state. It gives us a false sense of power, a false temporary sense of, hey, we got to push because it's coming from the flight fight reaction. So it forces dopamine, adrenaline and all these other type of, um, you know, it, it releases within ourselves that put us in this hyper state that give us a false sense of, of energy, but that can never be sustained. Struggle always shoots us in our own foot and will never end up meaning something of value to us. And I'm not talking about the struggle of our ancestors, the struggle of our, of our noble ones who have, you know, perhaps died in wars for, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the excess struggle that we make noble because we thought it was from some old imprint. That's the other warrior work to do is to extract from ourselves, extricate from ourselves those imprints, those unconscious imprints we brought in to ourselves, absorbed and metabolized as our own ways of success. What our parents taught us what success was, right. what our society does. Most of it is BS. Most of it is not who we are. It's someone else's dream that we've latched onto. How many times do you hear somebody say, well, I became an attorney because that's what my parents wanted? Attorney, doctor, common. lawyer, pharmacist. Right. Right. In, my, in my Indian background, I'm of Indian descent. That's, that's expected. It's expected that you become a doctor, lawyer, you become one of these noble professions for good reason. There's a good reason, obviously, stability and the status in society. But if that's not your calling then you're barking up a wrong ladder that you're going to not be fulfilled with regardless of the money you make. And you'll probably self-sabotage sooner or later. So get off, get off that. It's not your path. But if it is, if you find there is something you're itching towards and you're not fully living the path that you're meant to be, this is the time to get on it. Most potent time of the year right now, most potent time probably in the last hundred years to get on your path and don't look back. And I think I read, maybe you know something more about that. I just kind of glanced at it and went, mm, that's interesting, that 2024 is supposed to be, and I hate this word, the, the Great Reset. That's something entirely different, and I despise it. But things are supposed to be, we're supposed to be more aware. You know, I don't, I can't remember, and I'm trying to see the article in my head, but Basically, it's not supposed to be as bad as it has been, that we can change things around. Does that make any sense? It does. 
look, I also the term the Great Reset. I have my challenges and tensions with that, and yeah. socioeconomic and political influences that yeah. are push whatever the Great Reset agendas from whatever paradigms. But it's all what? garbage. It's everything. It's garbage. What if the Great Reset is actually an internal reset? That's, that's what very, I, I couldn't articulate that, but that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. This is the time, I truly believe, of the great reset. But it's the great reset of ourselves to wake up from the dream of how we think it should be, the dream of our status quo life, the dream of living in the ceilings and the boxes that we've put ourselves in, thinking this is it. This is all that's attainable, achievable at a soul level. That's the great reset is within. It's our, this is the time to go. I am willing. I'm yearning. I am feeling the time for reset of my soul, my being, my career, my act, whatever it is, and be willing to open up to that. When we do that, the force of the universe will come to our aid. The reset will come in the most glorious, magnanimous, aligned way for us. Trust me, I've seen it happen over and over again. But we have to invite the universe to for the reset. We have to invite ourselves to be reset, but from our goodness, from spirit, not from ego. And you just said, I wrote this down. I've been scribbling all over the place while you're talking, but you said yearning. And I have been just not grappling, but feeling a yearning for a while now. And I was always, you know, I don't have time for this. I'm busy. I've got to build a website. I've got to talk with clients. I got to, got to, got to, got to. But that yearning never went away. And I'm now, and it's still there. Now I'm trying to define exactly what it is. Where do, what do I need to ask for is my question. Not to you, but to the universe, to myself. What do I need to ask for? What do I need to expect? It's so beautiful, Denise. You nailed it. What you just shared there is the soulful invitation. It's the prayer of this moment. What is mine to do? What is not mine to do now? Yeah, that, exactly. that is my prayer. That's my prayer. That's my invitation. That's my openness, my vulnerability. And to do this type of prayer, to do this type of openness into what we're all talking about, it's got to call upon honest leaders, not only to be strong in one way, but to be strong in our vulnerability, to be delicate and vulnerable enough to say, yes, I want to investigate that deeply. What's mine to do now? what's of my calling and what's not mine to do, what's not of my calling that I can relinquish, let go of, delegate, release. This is this is the work right now. This is the essence of it. That goes back to curiosity. You can't stifle your own curiosity, but we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, this this is just an amazing conversation, but you you have a lovely way of expressing, you know, what you really are, how you can help people, and I thank you for doing that. But let's go, and you are going to come back, so I'll have other questions for you. But let's go back to your black belt. What unique perspective does an executive black belt bring to talent management? I've been wanting to ask you that. 
<laughs> you know, I've released a training based on all my 40 years of leadership development on how leaders, executives, CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs can truly awaken the human potential in themselves, in their organizations, and to really awaken the human dynamic. In essence, to create super teams, and I call it the executive black belt development. And really, it's taking us leaders through a journey of going from egoic power to enlightened power, closed hearts to open hearts, constraint to freedom, continuous blocks and fires and challenges into flow state, and from ignorance into deep states of wisdom. And, you know, my body of work right now, I'm really happy to say is we're training executives and business leaders all around the world internationally. And they're not only catching on to this path of transcendent leadership, and they're actually becoming executive black belts, meaning their spirit is becoming indomitable. They're learning to create super teams and keep super teams and galvanize super teams and retain the highest skill in their organizations and have them come together in a way that's so powerful that they're self-generating their passion, self-generating vision and mission. And they're not needing carrot and stick. It's generated from their own inner alignment. And I believe when we as leaders are able to turn that on in those around us, we've cracked the code of leadership, which is leading from the bottom up and, in, and awakening our team's capacity to cross the finish line so we're not the ones pushing them to do so. That's the era we're in now. So, Satin, you are creating better humans. Exactly. And better organizations that are here to better the world. And that's really what we should be looking at. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world that honestly, none of it's new. If you look at history, so much of this happens. It keeps happening. It just keeps repeating itself. And it shouldn't. It's time for us to take our, you know, it's always evolution is a spiral. It looks like sometimes it's up and down like a chart, but actually it's a spiral continuously upward. And we're on that spiral. Everyone listening today, you're on that spiral. And you're one of the leaders, if you're listening here, who are truly meant to evoke the spirit of transcendent leadership in yourself and those around you. Trust it. Don't think of yourself as small in any way. Don't think of yourself as grandiose in any way. You're in the perfect time, the perfect place to create the perfect shifts and, and transformation that you're your circle and the world is needing right now. You're the one. And you go within to do that. You got it. What inspired you to pursue? I mean, you said you've got 40 years of, of this kind of work. What inspired you to pursue this? How did you get started? It was in martial arts. My teachers inspired me very, very deeply when I was young. My parents inspired me to find my own spiritual path. And it's been a burning passion to me to understand the human spirit ever since I was young. And I've pursued that in every type of field, studying many modalities of healing, martial arts, empowerment, you name it, um, for, for all these decades. And I think what inspires me is to seeing what happens when people receive um, these ancient wisdoms. 
and they're turned on and they switch on and their team switch on to see that happen is why I live <laughs> the, uh, to see people turn on into their deepest truth and become fully realized and passionate about living and creating, you know, impossible dreams, making them happen. That's why I do all of this. That's, that's, that's my deepest passion. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> oh, curiosity i'm telling you so what are some of your biggest achievements or accomplishments so far and what are you looking forward to creating this year wow well my biggest accomplishments and achievements i guess are that i'm a continuous student i've got many certifications and trainings over the decades but for me uh, my biggest um, achievement is i fully i feel i'm a really good student I know how to get into beginner's mind with my mentors and I know how to start from scratch. And um, that, that, that ability keeps me fresh, keeps me humble and, and keeps me learning. It sounds like you are a heck of a listener. You're listening. I, I have often been told that I'm listening in between the lines because I'll ask questions that don't typically get asked but I'm listening very intently to everything you have to say. And you're doing the same with me. You can, we can feel it. Everyone can feel it. Yeah. But listening, I think listening, reading, paying attention, curiosity. And I love the, the five faith, family, fitness, fun, and finance, the five freedoms this has been an excellent conversation and I thank you for being here. Denise, it's been a true joy. Everyone listening, my heart is with you in this beautiful 2024. Thank you so much for your deep reception and much love and honoring to all of us. And I do want you to come back. So before we say goodbye, I sincerely appreciate your company today and I'm going to have to read the books that you mentioned. I don't have them. So I will get my hands on those and spending time with you has been an eye opener and it has been a pleasure. So before I let you go, will you mind sharing your online presence and preferred means of contact for anybody who wants to learn more about you or connect with you? Thank you, Denise. Yes. You can find me at warriorsage.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter and all the social media handles, but warriorsage.com is my main site. And on there, there's a professional assessment, professional and personal assessment. And it's a free assessment. All executives, leaders, business leaders, I would recommend that you go on there, do that personal assessment. It'll give you a sense of where you stand in terms of power, heart, freedom, flow, and wisdom, and give you deep insight on where you're strong in and perhaps where you need more attention so that you can really grow pragmatically in a real way moving forward with transcendent leadership. I am heading your way. Well, listen to our audience. Thank you for being with us here today. And as we conclude today's episode, your feedback means a lot to me. If you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes because your input is vital in my mission to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your part in Success Radio with friends, colleagues, family. Honestly, you can't throw a stick on the internet without hitting us. We're out there.